This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, April 4th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Even if the data coming out of China didn't deserve serious skepticism, the government's response to the outbreak as it spread across the globe was, to say the least, tone deaf. Cato's Eric Gomez details some of the missteps. How do you evaluate China's initial response to uh, this coronavirus outbreak? They definitely did several things that I think made the outbreak worse. Um, notably censorship of medical authorities in Wuhan, the city where the virus originated from. Um, And it's difficult to tell at the moment if this censorship was a situation where people in Beijing were saying, don't let this get out, or if it was a situation where local officials were panicking about a potential outbreak, but they didn't know how bad it was going to get. And then they tried to clamp things down and keep it controlled. but in any case, that kind of information control or information uh, lack of it getting out helped, I think, encourage this uh, pandemic to spread beyond China. And as uh, a lot of people aren't really very trustful of China's more recent numbers, that is uh, having days where there were essentially no new cases that the, the Chinese government announced, all that aside, it seemed as if the uh, government uh, took a bit of a victory lap as this virus was spanning the globe. That's right. Um, They said that they had successfully dealt with it um, and that, you know, as you said, reporting that their numbers were low when in actuality uh, they probably weren't. Um, It is, I think it is important to note that as the virus was starting to gain traction in China, the Chinese government didn't quite try to hide it internally in terms of how Xi Jinping and other senior leaders talked about it. They clearly acknowledged that it was a problem and that they were implementing lockdowns of whole cities and other pretty restrictive movement uh, controls in order to contain it. Um, And now it's switched to this victory lap stage where uh, the propaganda organs are talking about, you know, hey, we have the model, we have the success story. Let's do things. But like you said, because of the censorship at the initial stage, now there's a lot of uncertainty and lack of trust about their success story. Um, And then to further add to this, uh, a spokesman for the foreign ministry um, named Zhao Lijian a few weeks ago had a tweet where he basically accused the U.S. government and the U.S. military of maybe releasing this virus in China to try and deflect criticism towards the United States, which is just makes life so, so difficult for um, the U S and China at a time when we really need to come together to figure out what cooperative practices, both countries can contribute to fighting this pandemic. China by doing the victory lap and trying to deflect blame black onto the United States makes that really, really hard for us to do. And will I think hinder uh, the global response to try to control this. China's response since then uh, has been to send a lot of aid to uh, countries that are being ravaged uh, far worse uh, than the United States has been, at least thus far. Uh, Part of that is probably driven by the bad PR of their earlier victory lap. But in terms of uh, coordinating with other countries and trying to make sure that supplies are moving quickly, that at least to my mind, seems like uh, an extremely appropriate thing 
for the Chinese government to be doing right now. I think you're right on that in terms of China trying to help out. I think that's a very positive thing. However, there's been a lot of questions raised in Europe, especially by the recipients of this aid who say that the testing kits aren't as working as well as they thought they were going to. And some of the equipment that has been sent out has had other deficiencies. So this is another example where there's a lot of worry among certain U.S. China watching circles that, oh, they're going to use their response to the coronavirus as evidence of, you know, we have the right way to lead the world. We're going to try and assert ourselves more on the world stage as a provider of public goods. But then the goods they provide aren't that high quality. Um, so there's, it just seems like there is a whole litany of things that China is doing in its response to the coronavirus that are just creating longer-term problems for itself in terms of uh, messing with its image uh, and making it seem like that even when they try to do things helpful, they're doing it in a very somewhat clumsy way. You've said before, uh, not on this podcast, but you've said elsewhere that President Xi is bad at foreign policy. Yes. Uh, what does that mean? Well, and this goes back to COVID, um, but it, it's it's broader than that. I think Xi Jinping's tenure has been classified by a lot of missteps on China's part um, in terms of most of what they've done in Asia has tried has been encouraging to help other countries get closer to the United States rather than them. In terms of their Belt and Road Initiative and their in investments um, around the world, many of them are having trouble turning economic profit. And also many of them, not recently, but about six months to a year ago, started getting a lot of domestic pushback in the countries where the investments were made because of unfair uh, terms of agreements. And now we're seeing that in COVID-19 in terms of China trying to say, you know, we did it, we have the best model, we're good, and then having defective equipment shipped out and a campaign of trying to first uh, censor information that helped uh, probably encourage the outbreak to, to get as bad as it did. And then after they've gotten a handle on it, and I their numbers aren't to be believed, but I do think that they have a good enough handle on it domestically. Um, where their economy is going to start returning to normal soon, but they between the the early censorship and now this weird victory lap and to trying to deflect blame onto the United States, it's it's just hard to see them having much attractiveness on the international stage, and that's what I mean when Xi Jinping is bad at foreign policy. He's good at these sort of you know military buildups, exercises, that kind of stuff. Um, not good at trying to use those more soft touch influence uh, type things to get people onto China's side. And I will say, in all fairness, the U.S. has also been bad at this, too, under the Trump administration. Uh, Trump has done a lot of things to alienate U.S. friends. He doesn't really value multilateral cooperation that much, either on uh, COVID-19 response or other foreign policy issues. And so just because Xi Jinping is bad at foreign policy doesn't mean uh, that America is doing much better right now, unfortunately. For fans of Max Brooks's World War Z uh, during the zombie outbreak, North Korea, totally silent. 
Um, and and I haven't really heard any news out of North Korea uh, in relation to this pandemic. Do you have a better uh, sense of what is occurring there? Not a very accurate sense. They probably have cases. Um, and sh- Kim Jong-un has been very consistent about messaging um, in, internally to try and say, like, you know, we've got to uh, be prepared for this. And this is a test to our regime. But they haven't released any kind of information about how many people are infected, who is infected, how many people have died. Um, so I think in all likelihood, they probably have some cases just because uh, they can't sort of... the This thing gets around borders pretty easily, even when you have tight border controls. Um, what has been interesting is the very uh, normal pace of military exercises in, the, in March especially. Um, we've seen, I believe, three test launches of missile systems, not the long-range nuclear-capable ones, but shorter-range large rocket systems and short-range ballistic missiles that are conventional only. And from how these tests are being talked about within North Korea propaganda, it sounds like they're very much directed at reinforcing that you know we are going to defend ourselves even if we're dealing with internal problems. And we are going to continue to make sure that Kim Jong-un is seen as having control over the military, um, which is important from a kind of you know domestic perspective for Kim Jong-un of saying, I'm still in charge. Every, you know, we're still conducting things as normal, even though in the test pictures, you can see a lot of military commanders have masks on. Um, Kim Jong-un has never appeared with a mask on in state media. Um, so I think that's where they're at right now. Eric Gomez directs defense policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 